A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Goldstein. I'm Lisa Chanu. And today we are joined by a wonderful guest. You may recognize her as Aparna's astrologer from season two of Netflix's Indian Matchmaker. She is a Vedic astrologer and the CEO and co-founder of the Reha app. Please welcome our guest, Sophie Wan. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and talk all things woo-woo, astrology. We're just chatting about numerology and mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I like want to dive into like our conversation about how you guys are all married around the same time because that is so interesting and there's definitely a pattern there. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, we were talking off mic and I wish we had started recording before because it's like, okay, like the the signers will definitely want to hear all this, but maybe just because it's fresh on our tip of the tongue, we all are getting married this year. Um, me, me Julia got married in 
um, what was it? End of 2020 legally, but having your wedding coming up in a couple weeks. And then I got married a month ago, but I'm having my reception at beginning of December. And then Lisa got married in the middle of July. And then we all got engaged. When the hell did we all get engaged? in like 2020? I got November. engaged on the day of Julia's wedding. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Which was Whoa. the eclipse. And this is what? Like- the first eclipse of this series that we're right. in, that we're on. We are recording on this eclipse today as well. Just so yeah. the listeners yes. know. Yeah. yeah. We're full on in a portal right now. Um, <laughs> reporting I love live portal. from the eclipse. I got engaged November 2020. November 6th, I want to say. It was uh-huh, a yeah, and it, it was. was the day before they announced that Joe Biden won the presidency. Yeah. That night that night before I got engaged. And then we announced it on the seventh. <laughs> I believe it was the seventh. I think you did because it was like move over, Joe. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was because we were outside and just everyone was like honking their horns and stuff. I think I said this on this podcast already, but it truly felt like when we were like posing our engagement picture, it felt like we were that couple kissing in the World War II, like uh, D Day. <laughs> like they're coming home. It was like, we want, we did it, Joe. And then it's like my engagement ring. Like, <laughs> Did you see it? Did you see it coming? So like, just looking at your Vedic timing, Julia, you were, you literally finished a, like a period, a a Mars, what I call a Mars period and Mm -hmm. entered into what is called a Rahu period. Rahu is the North node of Mm -hmm. the moon, very karmic. And like you entered that extremely karmic period on eight, nine of 2020. And like, it's, oh, it's yeah. because like that was like that entire window from 2020 until 2020 honestly until 2023 so next year is like this super car so I'm not surprised that you got engaged then and like during that window and like that's usually when like major faded things happen and like it's interesting because 2022 was a year of like expect the unexpected so like were you expecting it or you're like holy shit this is like so out of the like whoa like what's going on sort of both um (laughs) it it was unexpected until because i this is my husband's second marriage and so i just like did not think we were gonna get engaged we had talked about it a lot it was something that i wanted but that he was not sure that he wanted Mm -hmm. to do or felt and felt pretty strongly about it and then that kind of 2020 very much shifted that conversation from where it was at the beginning of 2020 pre-pandemic yeah. uh, was a 180 degree difference from where we were around that period, yeah. August, August 2020. Um, and so it like was definitely an expect the unexpected. But then once we were talking about it, like I picked the ring, I knew a general date, but I will say it was unexpected because the ring came earlier than it was supposed to. And so I didn't think I was going to get proposed to until like two weeks later. And so when he was like, oh, let's just go drive to this place. I genuinely was like, okay, this sounds like whatever. (laughs) I really didn't think that that's like what was happening until it was happening. And then obviously I wasn't like, where did this come from? But yeah, for sure. Yeah. And sorry, yeah. what was and this period called again? Rahu. Rahu, Rahu period. Okay. And yeah, Rahu is the north node of the moon. And what's also really funny is Julia, like you have Rahu 
in the house of marriage. So like you're like that, that that's very appropriate for you to get engaged when you hit your Rahu. Like the tables are turning, like it's like, like wow, like just major karmic baited stuff. But also like just in general, like relationships are very, very karmic for you, Destin. Like it is like a soul contract, soulmate kind of intense situation there. So. My my husband and I are North Node um opposites too. Yeah. I mean North Node wow. South my South my North Node is his South yeah. and vice versa, obviously. Yeah. In so Western definitely- astrology, not in Vedic necessarily, but yeah. No, I mean like definitely that shows that there's a lot of karma that you had previous lifetimes that you've come into this lifetime, but like, it's just, is so interesting to see the timing of like, just in general, like you're a little timing and so curious to also look at Stevie and, you know, Lisa, your timing, because it's, it's like, you're, we're all talking about how like your souls come together on like a specific journey. And so like specific karmic events happen to where like, you have to support each other. And like, you're in this little like soul family to like, so, you know, help the journey along. And so I'm not that surprised that you're all like engaged and like getting married around the same windows, because there's definitely stuff in here that will show that kind of similarity of patterns I've attracted you guys all together. But that's so it's just very interesting. Like, I love kind of seeing how this pans out. And like, um, not to throw even more in here, but like, I am really obsessed with the 52 playing card deck and it's actually, Oh yes, I do. Yeah. I do these. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do? Okay. So you guys I mean, know I'm not, <laughs> I'm not super good at it, but yeah, I do. I have the books and I like, I look at them all the time. That was something early. Yeah. I feel like early on that we talked about quite a lot in our, the early foundation of our podcast and friendship. I feel like the cards came up quite a bit. I used to read them all the time and I, I like read I'm them out of, that's I'm like I'm out of phase but I oh every time I'm always like ooh. oh yeah I'm like obsessed and like I regularly I mean I'll like check my card more than I check like the astro sometimes because it, it just like and if I'm like feeling kind of lazy about looking at someone's chart I'll just look up their card and be like oh but what's really interesting is Julia your card which is nine of hearts correlates to your karmic karmic journey which is in and that's i mean that's what the card is it's like your reincarnation journey and it correlates to this north node rahu in the vedic chart being in the house of relationships and marriage i'm like whoa so and oftentimes i'll find that kind of sinistry with my clients is like your card's gonna say the same like it's one thing it supports the vedic chart the vedic chart supports the card and then of course i love looking at the numerology with the timing aspect of like oh like the you know what was kind of the flavor and the theme and so for you it was like you're in a year five which is all about expect the unexpected your relationship to freedom so it's really interesting to kind of see how like all these different spiritual tools really line up lined up for you and in some ways and then 2023 is actually all about relationships and like getting on that really karmic journey of the relationship and learning these karmic lessons and you know that's kind of the the flavor and window of what I'm seeing even with 2023 for you and your journey but it's all about like love romantic love and like familial love and you're still in that really karmic window of Rahu in 2023 so it's it's fun to like see how everything jives together heck yeah yeah 
She's easy to love. I also (laughs) got married during a 10 of hearts period. Uh, 10 of hearts year. Yeah. So when was, and okay. So when, I mean, and that totally makes sense. And Lisa, it's it's funny because when I looked at your chart, like the first thing I thought was like, oh my God, she's so psychic. (laughs) 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 Like she's so, and then you, and then you told me like, this is before we even hopped on the calls. Like, I'm just gonna look at their charts really quickly. And like the first thing I noticed about your chart is like, oh my, she's so psychic. And then you said that like, oh yeah, I woke up exactly at the, when the like full moon eclipse was happening. I was like, that's, that's like super psychic of you because my like most psychic friend that the same exact thing happened but like definitely just looking uh, at your chart like whoa super psychic king of clubs super psychic your chart's pretty psychic so it's really interesting but when did you say you act because I want to kind of track in the like yeah. date when you actually got married it's tough to say technically mm-hmm. we don't have the date <laughs> We had our wedding on July 17th. We had some issues with the paperwork. So end of Leo, early Virgo season, probably officially got paperwork. Yeah. Okay. So in your Vedic timing, you're actually in a Saturn Saturn period and specific, you said it was in 2022, you said, or 2021, sorry. 2022, yeah. 2022, Okay. Um, and you said it was kind of unclear, like maybe July, June. Or I would just, we're just going with the 17th of July. Cause that's okay. when we like signed mm-hmm. the paper and when we had the party and like yeah. said the words. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the period you were in was also a little karmic window. You were in a K through period, which is the South node. So you were in a Saturn South node period and so oftentimes like when I do see couples tie the knot make these kind of major like steps in their relationships I see that it happens around a like a little karmic window major karmic window minor karmic window and they say that actually like Saturn and what I actually like to see with couples is like Saturn relationships because Saturn is the planet of longevity so oftentimes people are like Saturn that sucks I'm like no actually it's it represents longevity. It represents like endurance. And so it's no surprise that like you really officially kind of like sealed the deal during Saturn Ketu period, which really represents that like longevity, but it's also like definitely has karma around it, right? With the, with Ketu, which is the um, South note and representative of like past lives and like things so I I wouldn't be surprised if you also have a lot of like karmic stuff that you have to go with with through your partner I mean your Saturn in Vedic astrology is in the eighth house which I believe in western astrology it's like that yeah yeah and like Saturn is a deliverer of karma eighth house is all about like intimacy like actually going through with like the merging and then your Kate was in the fourth house actually in Vedic astrology which is all about home and family and for you so it's interesting because with Julia like it was more about like expected unexpected like I think the home building theme is definitely was a theme 2021 and extending into 2022 but for you it was also similarly about like family building a home and like really merging with that intimacy and so it's really it's like fascinating to kind of see how like you guys have a very similar 
this like karmic thing around relationships, intimacy, like merging, um, building home, building family, that kind of stuff. So that's definitely what I was seeing in, in your chart. I think with Saturn, definitely, I think, Mm -hmm. um, for me, a lot of stuff came up, obviously, um, a lot of people have this, this isn't like unique to my, me, but Mm -hmm. my father passed away in, uh, 2009. So it's something I don't think about every day, but when you are getting married, it definitely comes up a lot and like how you're going to navigate around like that dance and how are you going to feel that day? And like, who's going to say, who's going to like say it to you, you know, like my mom definitely was like my dad today, but you know, um, so that came up a lot surrounding getting married. And also I think like at the same time, my husband was like applying for a new job. And so there was a bunch of stuff that was like very work and boundary and like very organizational, very Saturn happening in our lives too. Um, and definitely a few like spiritual things that happened for me on my wedding day that I was really like delighted and have like told a few friends here and there. And they've been like, whoa, like I was going to say like this thing or whatever. And I kind of matched up and just, just interesting, definitely karmic Saturn stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And also like, you know, you actually went through your raw, you were born into your Rahu period. And like, so all the major, major, like this, like, like the karma stuff that's like driving your life kind of happened actually, like the, like the moment you really entered into this realm. Um, and so I'm also kind of not surprised to hear that, like you had such an event happen usually Rahu, not to like scare Julia, sorry. Um, <laughs> like really it's gonna like, you know, like you're, you really have to reconcile all the like past life stuff, all the karmic lessons you're meant to be learning. Cause it's North node. So it's like challenging. It can really like, you know, it, it's kind of like the highs are high, the lows are low, but like it really can set the tone for the journey that you're really on. And so I'm, I'm not, not really surprised that like especially with people that are born into their Rahu period. So off the bat, it's like, whoa, like we're, we're really dealing with stuff and like it's early on. So people that are born into their Saturn period or born into their Rahu period really kind of have like such crazy childhood experiences that take, take over really in like that reincarnation journey that you have to experience. So very interesting to see What that. is the South Node called? K2. K2. That's K2. Okay. I heard K2 earlier and I figured that was a South node, but it's interesting to to hear you speak of this North node energy as, you know, in this kind of challenging sense, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, a challenge that can be really rewarding. Cause I think sometimes the North node in Western astrology gets such that like karma, but like, it's good. And you're just going towards it. And it's like live, laugh, love sort of energy sometimes, Uh, but it's hard to live out fate <laughs> or like whatever that no, it really and I think that that's what's really interesting about western versus Vedic astrology is I feel like um there's not enough like I don't know emphasis in my opinion about like north node south node and you know in Vedic astrology that's like the it's like the major emphasis and like they really really prioritize the moon so if you ever want to get a puja done or like a prayer ritual done and you go to a Hindu temple the priest asks you, what's your sign? 
they're asking about your moon sign and specifically the lunar mansion you were born into because they say that the moon is the Wi-Fi connection of your past lives because Rahu is like the karmic challenges you're meant to face. Ketu is like the past life gifts you're given. And so the moon and these nodes play a really important role into the journey. But like, I feel like Western astrology kind of like glosses over it maybe a bit. And like, I mean, there there's a lot of like little differences in that, but like they definite, and it's seen technically as a malefic, but I don't really like to label energy like that, right? Because like at the end of the day, like every planet, every celestial entity has both like shadow and light. And so I try and like to, I kind of maybe might have more of a Western view in the Vedic sense about that. But like, you know, they say it's the head of the dragon and that it's always wanting to like consume and it's, it's never ending and like wanting to like learn and experience and fate is, is definitely not quote unquote easy because you can't, you technically can't really control it. But at the same time, like I also have to remind my clients, like your soul picked that journey. Like you, you just own it. Like you picked it, whether you want to consciously, you know, acknowledge that or not acknowledge that. But like, that was in some way, like you picked this, like the chart that you picked is the chart that you picked. Like your soul decided that that is the day you're going to be born at that time in that city. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that that's, you know, in itself, like really beautiful and very empowering, but yeah, it's definitely something very different about Vedic versus Western. I think in Western astrology, we're more likely to want to empower people in a way where it tells them you have all of these good qualities because we think that that's what helps people is to like know their good qualities instead of saying like, Hey, this is your challenge. Like this Mm -hmm. is a thing to be working on. And it's, Instead of, I think that that in some ways is a more uh, beneficial way to frame things for you because it doesn't then emphasize like what the outcome is supposed to be or the thing. It's like, this is a thing that you are meant to be working on. So when this is happening, you're not like, oh, what's my failure of character or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're like, this is my challenge. This is, I'm, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be, which is learning how to work on, you know, intimacy, learning how to work Mm -hmm. on boundaries learning how to work on these things instead of going like I'm this kind of person I'm an adventurer why am I at my (laughs) office job like you know what I mean yeah (laughs) but I think that's a very like American thing that we do is we also like to gloss over how hard things are our our myth is that if you just work hard we always say like work hard but we don't say what that entails or how hard or uh, you know one of those things but I feel like that's something do you feel like that is something that people are more aware of culturally um like with vedic astrology or that would be something that someone is coming in for a vedic reading being more aware of like hey what are the challenge like is that the the phrasing that would be what are the challenges to avoid versus tell me what's good about me do you know what i'm saying yeah i, know yeah, I think that like no i mean and that's a really because it's all about like framing i mean and to be honest like there's like at the end of the day you got the planets the signs and the houses like that's pretty cut and dry and that has that has not changed in Western Vedic or like any kind of like major form of astrology. And I think it's really actually about like communication of the information, which is very driven by culture. And to be honest, I actually find that most very traditional Vedic astrologers lack the level of like 
there are moments where someone needs to hear something and someone's not prepared to hear like timing of information is everything. So for example, if you know for a fact that a client definitely like if you're seeing in the chart markers of divorce, like you, and they're not ready to hear it, you, you can tell intuitively if someone's ready to hear it or not hear it. Like you just know, like whether someone's prepared to hear like kind of the more like sensitive information versus like, ooh, definitely like we got to keep it a little bit more um open and light. Like you, that's like part of your job. But like, I feel like in Vedic culture, it's like, oh, our job is like, the, we just have to tell the full truth. We don't care about the timing. Like, and so you get, I mean, I've had so many Vedic readings and it's just like word vomit, a bunch of stuff. And like, some of it's really relevant. Some of it is like, Hey, what? And like a lot of my clients have had horrible readings because of that. And it does err on the very prescriptive. So it's like, this is when you're going to get married. This is what's going to happen. Oh, like you have two husbands, you you're, you know, you like have a baby girl, like all like very prescriptive things. And like that to me feels like you're going in and like having a psychic reading done, which is not the point of astrology. Like the astrology is to like gain better guidance, gain better understanding of like what's going on. That includes your challenges because we all have challenges. Every single one of us, that includes your gifts and your talents, which we all have. And so Oftentimes, like, you know, it really is a matter of communicating the right information at the right time. But like, there, you know, there are some people that want to know, like, they want to know all of the bad stuff. And like, they're like, give it to me, give it to me. And you're like, all right. And then there are some people where you just know, they don't need to hear that. They don't want to hear it. They don't need to hear it. And so every person, and that's why, you know, reading with someone is so personal. It's like, it really is a client you know, you have to manage that relationship. It's like, if you went to your therapist, like they're definitely going to tailor whatever they're saying to you um, specifically to help you get through whatever tough time you're going through. And if during your tough time, you, you know, people either want like the carrot or the stick or like a little blend of both. And that's why most people come and get an astrology reading done is like, they, they need some form of guidance. And like, whether that's like, you know, a little bit of that softer, gentler, like you can do it, like kind of cheerleading thing, like that's cool. Or if it's like a little more like word vomiting and they want like a little bit more pre predictive, prescriptive things, that's cool too. But like, I, I think that that's really subjective. And I think that, you know, Western astrology definitely is a little bit more on the, the fear side because it is very much about like, we need to, we do need to empower. And like, that's a, that's a cultural thing. I, I do think that Vedic astrologers can be extremely severe to the point where it's debilitating and totally unnecessary. Like no one needs to hear like all the bad stuff. Like there's a reason why you're not supposed to know certain things. Um, so that's kind of like, and it comes from a cultural thing. Like Asian culture tends to be pretty blunt. Like if someone thinks that you've gained weight, they will straight up be like, you gotten fat like you've literally got, like I, I hear that from my family all the time like that's just like an Asian thing or like mm, that's just an Asian thing so I think it's a it's a mixture not somewhere to, like, in go the middle yeah, yeah somewhere in the middle would be nice I feel like you know sometimes there is definitely a style of American communication that's like don't tell her she's getting fat. You know what I mean? Like, that's also <laughs> bad. Like we can be real about what's happening in totally. our bodies and with our family. Anyway, what's really important is what it's about Stevie? Stevie. Wait, <laughs> I, yes. I had something to say though, because it made me think of something. 
because I watched mm -hmm. this documentary about Afro man today and mm -hmm. Afro man. This just feels very equivalent to like Western astrology that Afro man was just doing all this hard work made. How I got high was a self-made viral sensation before viral was even a thing and was blowing up. Then universal snagged him and put him in Jay and silent Bob and credits and was like, world was his oyster. Then nine 11 happened. And they were like, you know what? We can't be silly anymore so can you rap about not smoking weed and he was like you hired you hired like no i'm afro man like i this i'm smoking weed and i just think it just made me think mm. about american culture how we go okay enough fun we all have to um grieve now like no silly stuff you better come and how prude we really are at our like core of course so i just had a like yes. rant on the united states of america for a second and stand up for Afro man, even though he did uh, punch a woman in the face on stage when she tapped him on the shoulder and surprised him on accident. Anyways. Yeah. Hey, yeah. What about who, who among us, you know, yeah, I mean, if you surprise I've, someone, I've been scared when somebody <laughs> snuck up on me before I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, uh -huh. and it's a very, if you haven't seen the Afro man woman surprises him on stage, YouTube video. Mm -hmm. um, Give that, give that link. I gotta, a, I gotta click. Look, I'm gonna look at, look that up. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta look up Afro Man Star. Sorry, you can't. just dropped like so much great like knowledge and no. like, and actually one quick thing I do have to add in about Afro Man for a moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I I love it. Um, I, I, it's great. I mean, it's a great segue into now your, oh, all about you what's going on because you're yeah. taking stage. And so, okay. Well, I would love to know kind of more about your timeline. It's so funny because you're also in a karmic window. <laughs> a karmic window. Of course you are in a karmic time. I got scared, Sophie. If I was the only one not in a karmic window, I was about to like, really? I was about to oh, flip. No I was about That's to flip. not how this works. I knew. Okay, you. I like, knew, we must all be in even without photos. looking, even without looking, I'm telling you, it's like, it's a soul family thing. Like the closest people that you're around, they all tend to be kind of going through interestingly, like karmic stages of like their life. Yeah. I will find that like, it's like I said, it's like 99% of the time when I have clients refer their friends, it's like same, it's like, man, same karmic stuff window like wow it just expressed in a different no right like yeah yeah like lisa's is more like oh saturn k2 julia's is like rahu rahu and yours is k2 so they do rahu so like it's just it's interesting but it's all like heavily centered around karma fate destined like you're a big 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 you know turning points and triggers and breakthroughs with like your reincarnation journey but anyways please, please indulge me in like your, some of your timing. Cause I want to look at like the specific timing around Yes, when you got engaged and when you got married, here's the timing mm -hmm. bought our engagement ring together in September, 2020 It was Mars retrograde. I remember that. Um, but then everyone in my life started getting engaged all that fall, including, uh, Julia. And I had like some other friends, and so yeah. I knew my patient King, I was like, okay, when the hell is this ring coming? <laughs> um, then it was January, 2021. Um, my now husband's father passed away mm -hmm. and that like changed our lives completely. Like we moved in with family. We like just tons of stuff changed. Mm -hmm. We got engaged on our what fucking anniversary. Is that four or five years? We got engaged February, 2021. Um, 
And then flash forward, we got married in Hawaii on my Saturn line, October 7th, 2022. And then we're going to have our, like, we're basically having a second wedding in December 3rd, 2022. So that's the like timeline. And we started, I don't know if this matters, but we started dating February, 2017. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's so interesting because you started, so you're in your, what I call your K2 period. K2 is the self known. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, K2 is seven years long. And so it's like a lot of big changes are meant to happen. I mean, it's kind of similar. Rahu is much longer. I'm, um, you know, really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's but, like, hey. it, <laughs> Look, we were just talking about being able to tell people what they can handle and Julia can handle it. Oh yeah, well, like, oh, yeah I'm, I'm ready. The, the good news is, is usually <laughs> during these karmic periods and even like during, like I said, Sat, like even Saturn, Saturn is the deliverer of karma. Like the most important kind of triggering faded things really like that, like kind of take you on like that journey of alignment really happen. So it's interesting because during your entire, pretty much your entire K2 period was with this, your significant other. And mm-hmm. At the like the moment you got engaged was like kind of the pinnacle of Ooh. that karmic period during Ketu Rahu. So you're talking about like two little, like already you're in a karmic period, mm-hmm. and a little minor karmic period under that. So that definitely was like, oh wow, like the pinnacle trick, like there's a pinnacle trigger. And so, and it's interesting because you actually tie the knot during Ketu Jupiter. In a woman's chart, in a heterosexual woman's chart, Jupiter actually represents the husband, the spouse. So if we're talking about other, mm-hmm. you know, other, like, uh, like for other people, it's different, but for in a heterosexual woman, it's Jupiter, Jupiter represents the spouse. So oftentimes when I'm tracking marriage windows, marriage timing, all that, like it tends to be like either a karmic, something karmic, or it's something related to Jupiter. If for a heterosexual woman, it's something with Jupiter, something around Venus, something, things like that. So you actually ended up tying the knot during, you got engaged during Ketu Rahu, but then you actually tied the knot during Ketu Jupiter. And this was all centered around for you around kind of the same timing with like, you know, with, in numerology as Julia and CB with like centered around like foundations and home and family. It's like you're in a, you know, 2021 was a year cycle three, which is all about heart opening and communication. But 2022 is really all about um, family foundations, like really laying down the groundwork for like home work, like that kind of stuff. So very interesting to kind of see how everything comes together in the chart we also moved out of his family's home in July of yeah. 2022. Yes. So there was a lot of family and home was like, was a, was popping off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so I definitely, like I said, like when I'm tracking someone and I'm trying, you know, and I have a lot of single women and men come to me and they're like, when am I getting married? Like where? And like, so I, I like like to kind of track out the timing of like different windows, but it's also very difficult for me to pinpoint like specific because we have so many timings and like I get this question a lot. I was like, well, what if I miss that timing and no one comes through? I'm like, well, just because you're at the bus stop doesn't mean that like the buses stop coming. Like you'll have more timings, but oftentimes when I see that like oh like I I track people that have already been like have been married, engaged, mm-hmm. it tends around like these little 
karmic windows because they're so important, but also like, it's not just that like, oh yeah, I got engaged and I got married. It's usually other major things are happening. Kind of mm-hmm. like a whole snowball, especially if it's a karmic timing, something with a car- the karmic node. If it's with the karmic node, it's like more than just, oh yeah, relationship stuff. It's also like other stuff that's coming up. And it's like, tr- it can be very triggering and emotional. It's like, you know, something to do with, like I said, moving, work, like home stuff, like will always kind of come through is what I see, especially when I'm seeing like numerology wise, when I see year four, year cycle four, that's all about your home foundations. And then I marry it back to your Vedic timing. And I'm like, oh, so there's more than just, yeah, you got engaged, you got married. It's like, it's just way more than that. So Mm -hmm. very, very cool to kind of see how the synergy here with the three of you guys yeah. Well, and also for with his dad's death, we had to sell his dad's home. So there was literally so much home. Like we couldn't stop. Everything was about homes for for yeah. for some time, and just very. I mean, I'm have I'm ha- and in Western. I don't know if it's the same for Invade but in Western astrology, I've been having Saturn going through my eighth house. I've mm-hmm. been just in. It's I feel that <laughs> like it's it's been very literal. Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, in then, great ways too, where we're really not just, oh, I like you and we're a couple and we're getting married. It's like, we are family now. We're doing, this is family shit. Like, I mean, I think we talked about this, Lisa, when you had even uh, Scott have to go see your venue with your mom because you were sick. Like it's stuff that like, yo, if you're not down with me, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to go pick my mom up at the airport without me because she's your mom now. Bye. Like, and I think that that's, I mean, the pandemic and also just like our karmic cycles on top of it too. It's just really like, what's real, like what's really concrete here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's what like karmic cycles represent. Like when we go through them, it's like whatever comes through and it really sticks, like stays, but then whatever is really not working, like has got to go. I mean, and that's Mm. even why the eclipse energy is so powerful and at the end of the day it's like you gotta let go all the things that are just not working for you and like that's like the that's actually the ultimate lesson of like detachment enlightenment whatever you want to call it it's like this like letting go and I think that during like that's why you see like the ultimate commitment happening during these karmic times because it's like no but we're we're here we're in it like you're my person like there's that like bonding agent but at the same time, it's like, I see also a lot of like, um, big, big breakups happen because of like, nope, you're definitely not my person. Bye. Like, that's <laughs> what, you know what I mean? It's like, like, and I'll, I'll see the opposite where it's like engagements break up. And like, so it's, it's really, really interesting how like, in a, in a lot of ways that reincarnation journey plays out way more than we actually want to acknowledge or admit to. But I think it's empowering because it's like, oh, I picked this. Like, don't forget you picked this. So mm-hmm. yeah. how about like, as someone that does a lot of reading for compatibility and for other people's relationships, how do you or create boundaries or how deep do you dig into your own relationships? How is it difficult? Is it easy? Is it something you always look at? You never look at? How does it go? Oh my God. I always look at, I mean, like <laughs> I, I like to the point where I think it's like, now I'm like, oh, am I hurting myself? But like, that's <laughs> why I started studying astrology is 
I dated two people back to back December 26th. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, why? Why is that? And that one question really snowballed into, oh, I attract Capricorn energy because I'm a cancer in Western, right? And I actually studied Western astrology before I really dived into Vedic. And it, that's like a pattern. And like, I found that like other people have this, like I have a friend who just loves attracting June 18th. That's her thing, like June 18th. And so it really snowballed into that. And I think that what's really, I mean, it's interesting because before I really started studying my own chart, like I went to a couple of astrologers, Vedic astrologers, very traditional Vedic astrologers, like kind of tell it how it is. And they're like, you're going to have a difficult time with love. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then of course I started studying my chart. I was like, oh my God, like this is what they were talking about. And to some degree it's empowering because I know that like, oh, this is like my area of opportunity. And this is where I really learn and I grow and I have karma around this. Um, and another part of it is like, okay, like let's not get too carried away because at the end of the day, high compatibility does not equal long-standing marriage. That is the biggest misconception. People think, oh my God, are we really compatible? I'm like, that has no that has like that has a determined that like definitely factors into are you going to stay married? Definitely. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I have learned that there are people who have amazing looking compatibility and they're they still end up getting divorced and separating. And there are people that have terrible compatibility and they're like it's like solid 30 years in, still committed, like not going anywhere. And ultimately that just taught me like, Hey, at the end of the day, like marriage is you waking up and deciding you want to be married to that person. And like, I have to kind of remind myself that because it's definitely uh, a reincarnation journey for myself personally. And it's hard because I, I am the person, I am that astrologer that will straight up ask you for all your information up front before like the date. I'm like, I want to know, I want to know, you know, <laughs> and, like it's gotten, but the thing is, is like, I'll still go on the date and I'll still like, I'll still like see, you know, see how it goes. But I have found that like, I do attract a certain pattern and I'm like, why is it that right now? So it's just so many Libras coming through. Like, what is it? It's like that square of my son. So it's like, oh, I got like issues to work through. Like that's the universe signaling to me. Like, hey, Sophie, like get your shit together. Like you have stuff to work through. Whereas in previously when I was attracting, oh, it's like so many Capricorns. It's like, oh, interesting. There's like a polarity here that like I have to pay attention to. So mm -hmm. my philosophy with relationship compatibility is number one, people need to stop using it as like a, we're meant to be together. We're not meant to be together. Everyone's here to teach you a lesson. Okay. And like good compatibility does not mean you're going to be stayed married forever. That is your own free will and decision that you want to be married to that person. Number two, like the compatibility needs to be used in order to understand like, what are our strengths? What can we create together? And what are the weaknesses? What should we kind of look out for? And so I definitely do it to myself where um, unfortunately I will do it to myself. I can't help it. Like, I just can't, like, I gotta know, I gotta know, you know, but are I'm you dating? Yeah. So I okay. just started, I literally just started dating because I was in India and like really focused on my business and like building that out. And so I was like, I don't have time for this, but I just started dating again. And I was like, do I want to be that person that like asked them, like, 
hey, when's your birthday? What time were you born? <laughs> but that's <laughs> who you are. Yeah. Like, do you want right? to hide that? I don't know. I no, feel, well, I don't. I, feel I don't yeah. want to hide that. I feel like, like I can't. <laughs> you should be proud that you're like willing to give yourself that. You know, I oh, think goodness. it's the same thing too with like, I, even, you know, compatibility aside, I mean, people stay in bad relationships. We've all seen it. People stay, people leave good relationships. We've seen that too. And yeah. so it's like, it almost is like what you're saying, you know, making the choice and deciding what marriage means to you and all of those things, looking at your own natal chart and your own astrology and like digging into kind of the more, I guess, like uh, psychological side of like Western astrology for me has just been like, yeah, like, is that what does Venus and Gemini for me mean that I like, I like spending a lot of time with my friends. My, mm -hmm. my husband knows that, you know, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. This made me think of, and maybe this is a bit late in the game, Vedic versus say Western astrology. Are we, is, is this a natal chart? Is this, is there like, I guess, where's the similarities and where's the differences? I know we're hearing familiar terms with like the North node, but with, you know, Rahu, um, and if this is too like heady, you know, sorry y'all, but I'm, I'm curious if there's like a, maybe like a one-on-one of like a breakdown for oh. our listeners who might not be. And I know for me, like Vedic is super new. So I would love just like a little bite-sized recap. I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, of course. Um, so Vedic astrology is very similar to Western astrology in that you have the planets, you have the signs and you have the houses. So where it gets way more complicated is that it's a whole different calculation of like how time is calculated. So in Western astrology, 24 hours, Western culture in general, 24 hours in one day, 365 days, one year. And the Zodiac starts the same day, this like every year, it's the same. Every season starts this day, right? In Vedic astrology, they actually really time that movement based off of the procession of the equinox. So you have a bit of a different time calculation. Now, at the end of the day, like the reason why you are healing, hearing familiar terms is because we still have the planets, we still have the signs, and we still have the houses. But in Vedic astrology, there are like, I don't know, 20 plus different charts. So you have your natal birth chart, which is what I was, I was reading a little bit of that information for you guys. You have your marriage chart. It's called the D9 Navamsha chart. They say that that chart is the chart of like after you get married, because after you get married, your soul energy like mature, grows to mature. It changes. Like that's a whole nother body of energy that's like merging with you, impacting you. And like, honestly, like prompting you to grow because the seventh house, house of relationships is right across from the house of the self. So your relationships are meant to prompt growth in your soul journey for everybody. For some people, it's a little more extreme, but for everyone, that's the case. So the D9 chart shows really like the strength of your energy and like the progression kind of of how you'll mature and like what new, you know, new talents, new shadow, new challenges you might actually encounter with the whole other journey of like what it's like to be in a relationship and partner. You also have like a career chart. You have a wealth chart. You have so, like so many different charts. Um, whenever I do readings for people, I like to focus on the natal, like they call it the lugna chart, which is really with the ascendant and like the normal birth chart. Sometimes I'll refer to the marriage chart because 
people, most people want to know about their marriage and like what their relationships are like, but all that fun stuff. Um, so that I've never, I, I mean, I haven't heard of in, and I've like switched to Vedic after I got pretty familiarized with Western, but not like deep into Western astrology. I'm pretty sure Western astrology does not have all, I know they have progressions. I know they have like, you know, different ways of looking at the charts, but nothing like this system. And then the way and the style of reading is a little bit different. Like for example, in Vedic astrology, the 11th house is really actually like perceived as like a heavy wealth house. So they say like 11th house, like it's your economic income that you bring for yourself. And like Western astrology, I feel like it's more about like your networks and like technology and like your friend groups and like more, more about that, like your, your dreams and your hopes, like that kind of stuff. Um, so there's like little differences like that, but I feel like the underlying fundamentals are actually very similar. And a lot of people get very upset if like their Vedic sign is very different from their Western sign. And I'm like, listen, all rivers lead to the same ocean. Don't even try to just like, I mean, it's fun to like own your sign. I think that that's what makes astrology really, really fun. Like, you know, you're saying, oh yeah, my Venus is in Gemini. My Venus is also in Gemini and I love it. Um, so it's like owning that piece of view is definitely really fun. But I also think that like, it's, it's important not to get too carried away with like, well, this is who I am and like kind of let the chart overtake you. But there's a lot more similarities than, than actual, like, I mean, obviously there's a lot of differences in the style of reading and what you can see in the chart and kind of like even you could study Vedic astrology for your entire life and still not know everything. Like there is just so much, it's really intense. And obviously all of the Indian terminology makes it really, even for me, I'm still studying and learning because it's like so, I mean, people spend like decades, people spend like literally their entire lives. So like a traditional Vedic astrologer is usually a, a older uncle that's like in his like 50s to like 70s. And they've been studying this like religiously for like 30 plus years. So it's very intense, very comprehensive. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, I'm like, there's way more similarities than like differences in my opinion, uh, because information, like I said, all rivers lead to the same ocean. So I think it's fun. Um, and it's a new way of like looking at information. Agreed. Uh, that rocks. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's like encouraging too, because just hearing that they're not, I don't know, it can be intimidating for people to even like totally. start a new house system, right. In astrology, because there is so much tied identity into that and I think it comes back to even what we talked about earlier being wanting to be prescribed mm. like well you're an Aries moon so you're gonna like love boxing <laughs> you know like so that's you <laughs> and like don't think any more about it but these good reminders of that free will and that it's all it's just more like and this is just more woo to dive into for anyone that's interested but what's your story like you mentioned like starting with western astrology and then yeah. merging over you mentioned living in india like what was the journey did you always have woo tendencies or what's what's the what's your background so my, i did not always have woo tendencies if anything <laughs> was like you know working in fashion retail in new york city kind of like a typical like oh like 
moved to New York after college, like sex in the city kind of thing. Like thought I would be like, we love it. We love yeah. it. I mean, like that was like the cute little 21 year old that like came to New York and it's very, the, um, well, I guess it's not the Hills or when did like, I'm just thinking it's like city? very like intern, the, ci- it's yeah, the, city. the city. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and so like, I, I mean, I was, it actually happened during my Saturn's return, which is of course that happens during your Saturn's return where I started, just started feeling like, oh my God, like I don't want to work in this career anymore. And like, I had, I had worked, I mean, like I, I did intern, like my whole entire college career, like, and solid, you know, like post-college, like five plus years after that, it was like hardcore retail, like corporate retail industry. And it really started with like, oh, why do I keep dating these people that are Capricorns? Like, why? Um, that and then also it's like, I'm sure you guys have this where certain birth you'll have certain months that are so packed with birthdays. And you're like, God oh, damn, like why are there so many birthdays in these specific months? And then other months is like crickets for me. And for me personally, I have a ton of birthdays in. December set like Sag season, but I'm like, I'm a cancer. That doesn't make sense. Cause I don't think they get along, but then I found out, Oh, my moon is in cancer. So it just kind of like moon is in Sagittarius. So it just kind of spiraled into that. And then I started studying astrology on the side while I was working my corporate retail job. And I started then like practicing reading for friends. They're like, you're so good. Like they started referring their friends. So like on the side, I kind of had a little side hustle doing little readings for friends. I'm like, nothing major. Um, and that was really during my Saturn's return where like things started kind of marinating of like, I need to make a change. Like, I don't want to be working this like corporate retail job. Like it just is so unfulfilling. This is not me. And like, as I began practicing and studying astrology, I just became way more spiritual because, you know, it's more about like, it's a inward journey. Like you learn more about like your trauma and you know, like your shadow and like all of that stuff. Um, the whole India thing happened because I originally, and it's so funny because I was dating someone during my Saturn's return that was one Saturn away from me. So it was a massive age gap, right? Like, cause Saturn's like 29 and a half years. So massive age gap. And this person was really important to me. And like our connection in the card actually is a Saturn connection. Wait, like they have the same Saturn sign as you? No, no, no. Like literally there were one Saturn away. So they were like 28 years older than me. So it was like Mm -hmm. literally like one, but their Saturn connection, because you know, in the cards, like you have like a different, you, you have like the little compatibility connections and it's marked by the planet. So like our connection is Saturn, but I felt like it was no coincidence. Saturn's return dating someone that literally represents like what I feel like is Saturn. And this person was like, you should quit your job and create an astrology app. And I was like, that's so crazy. I can't do that. Cause I was living a pretty good life, like making good money, doing my little corporate thing. And like, I love my boss. I love the people I was working with, but I was still very unfulfilled and unsatisfied, which is very Saturn's return. Right. Um, but he convinced me like you could do it. And so I, I literally was like, Oh, I want to create an, a dating app. Cause I was obsessed with compatibility. And at that point, I actually started studying Vedic astrology because compatibility is so critical. Like 90% of 
marriages in India, they do astrology matching. Like you need to get your astrology match if you want kind of the blessing of the family, the priest, and like understand like, is this going to be like a good situation or like what's going to be the situation? So I started studying more Vedic astrology for the compatibility piece of it because I was pretty obsessed with relationships and like my own relationship was just such a critical part of like who I was becoming that journey um and then when I was actually doing market research I was like oh well it looks like all the major dating apps are trying to gain market share in India okay cool maybe I should like look into India I've never been to, I, at that point I had never been to India I did not grow up in an Indian community or anything related to in, like India like that was just like truly like yeah, like this kind of sounds like a good idea. One of my good girlfriends who sat next to me at work was like, I'm going to go to India. I need to go wedding shopping. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, like actually that's a good idea. When I went, I was like, wow, I think I could live here. Like, okay, like maybe we should meet, let, let's do this. So like, it just kind of spiraled and I'm a you bit are a-, a sad moon like <laughs> this is- <laughs> a sad moon is just like yeah <laughs> yeah and it just like spiraled from there like I was like oh okay like this like okay I'm gonna build this astrology based dating app okay it's gonna be for the Indian market because it just made sense right and 90 percent of marriage marriages they do astrology matching cool I had met my business partner who's Indian and at the time he didn't take me seriously because he's he already had a company and he's like being an entrepreneur is really hard like I don't think you have what it takes like you kind of seem like you have a cush situation I don't see you really leaving your job and like doing this but I had visit him in India like just randomly emailed him I was like hey I'm here like are you free like you want to meet up and like flew from Mumbai to Hyderabad which is where he's based and like we hung out and he was like whoa you actually are really serious about this like, yeah I think I can move here and so he's like uh, damn you're here right <laughs> now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like I literally like quit my job and it's so funny because I timed I had unconsciously timed it around the pandemic like my last day of work was during like when everything was like kind of during lockdown like on like March March 2020 which is really when things were getting serious and Mm -hmm. I like I put a three-month notice in so I didn't know what was going to happen um and literally quit my job I had like a little friends and family funding to like actually create the app and I was like yeah I guess I'll move like I guess I'll move back home because lockdown's happening which is fine and like did that, built this like app, actually tested it in the Indian market, found out very quickly that dating in India is still extremely taboo. And like, it's just very, very difficult in terms of getting the mindset change. So we actually ended up pivoting with Reha. And now it's more of like a Vedic astrology app for everybody. And like, you can still do compatibility. You can still see like, the you know compatibility aspect which is something that like I personally really wanted to do for myself actually but like also for other people like how did you know your person in a past life well you can look it up so in a you know very like I know this is, I've been like rambling on about my story but that's a little that's literally how the journey happened like my business partner is half the time based out of Hyderabad so I was like cool like I guess I'm just gonna like 
set up a situation here. And, you know, he, his family has been really amazing, like helped me set up a space there. So I'm kind of back and forth between India and the US, but that's like in a nutshell how everything happened. But of course it all happened during Saturn's return and it happened during my, my karmic period, my Ketu period. So, right. which is like, and now in hindsight, I'm like, oh, of course it would happen. Like during, if it had to happen, it's that period. That's well, wild. I like all this. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting, especially talking about how your experience with seeing your Vedic chart and hearing that you would have difficulty with relationships, mm -hmm. but then kind of committing yourself to this process of understanding compatibility and helping people on that thing, which is like, not necessarily to say that difficulty in in relationships would be you aren't going to find love but it's like no relationships wow. are difficult and you are working on the if you are paying attention if you're interested in how to figure them out uh of course that's that's work because you have to get to know people you have to learn astrology you have to learn how to communicate you have to like learn all of these things um so of course that's that like i don't know the i don't know stepping into the the transformative cycle of it, of the like, oh, here's the, especially during your Saturn return of going like, oh, I guess it's time to like do the work of this instead yeah. of uh, waiting. I think anytime a relationship is happening, there is, we do want that compatibility because we want to know that it's just going to happen. And it's yeah. like, no, that's not what it is. It's you have to go out and be actively participating in it, whether that means you're initiating conversations or saying yes to someone else's initiation, it still is requiring like activity. I don't know, being active. And I think that that's like uh, all this talk about karma and past lives and things like that is making me also think about how if you are going, oh, I'm just this sign or I'm this kind, I'm the person who says, I'm the person who does the asking out. I don't go on this thing or whatever it is. You are living like, a past version of yourself that needs to be shed before we can move into the next life, whether you're thinking about it literally as a past life or whatever, mm -hmm. that that to me is also still karma and karmic and, and like how we move on. So thinking of yourself innovative, however, as many ways as you can think of yourself, that is as many things as you can follow, which is why it's so cool that there are charts in Vedic that would say here wealth, you can be, wealthy you can be married you can be this you can be that like and here's how you do it and just kind of thinking of these as ways for us to always be becoming a new version of ourselves. yeah I mean and like I said like and it's interesting because like we're such complicated beings like there are more ever-evolving and I think that astrology actually reflects that and so it's so infuriating when People are like, Anna, my sun sign is Aries. Like, who am I compatible with? I was like, well, I see your whole chart. Like, I don't know what you're rising. Like, what's your, you know, marriage house rule by? Like, the way what? you ask that, nobody. By yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if this is how you approach people, oh. I can guess probably no one. Yeah, but it's so frustrating. I wonder as you're someone who practices astrology, both mm -hmm. like, on different continents and with people of different cultures maybe this is like kind of a leading question but is there anything that you notice about people who like astrology as like a generalization are they open-minded are they annoying are they you know like is there anything that you notice where you're like most people who like astrology are like this yeah I mean I feel like 
Well, it's interesting because most people, the pattern that I notice is that like a big part of people that do come to me and that do like astrology are they have some kind of like karma around like their spiritual journey. Like it's, a, it's really important for them. And like, I'll somehow read that in the chart. The other thing is like most people that come to me, whether you are a believer or non-believer, and it's interesting because I have both, like I'll have both, but they're so, they're prompted because number one, like we're curious beings, like every single one of us has a level of curiosity. Now, the magnitude of that differs amongst people. Like people with a lot of Gemini energy just happen to be a little bit more curious versus somebody that's like heavy and Capricorn, I think is a little bit more like they have a, a set mindset of how they want things done and want things answered. Not to say that they're not curious. Um, but regardless, the main theme I always see everyone is that if you're coming to an astrologer, whether you're a believer or not a believer, is like you're going through some stuff and you want validation or guidance. And that is, I think, really beautiful in some ways because it kind of binds us all in like this journey of like, hey, like at the end of the day, your little soul journey, like everyone else is going through a soul journey and like it can be challenging and it could also be extremely rewarding and like, so I would say that like, there are definitely things in the chart while I'll see it's like, oh, you're psychic. Like Lisa, like I was like, holy shit. Like just even looking at your car, King Clubs, okay, psychic. And then I see all this eighth house stuff. I'm like, oh, psychic. And then I see 12th house stuff. I'm like, oh, more psychic stuff. So like, I'll see that. And so a lot of my clients, they have some kind of stuff like that. Not all of them, but like maybe a good 75% have that natural like, something in there like eighth house 12th house or some kind of major aspect or heavy heavy Scorpio energy going on or like like I said the karmic node is in some kind of like um uh spiritual you know whether it's like a Scorpio north node or like a Pisces north or some kind of like you know or it's north node in the eighth house but maybe it's in a it's in Taurus which still in, in its own ways like a spiritual journey because of their south node but like that is probably a good, like, like I said, 75% to 80% of people that have that kind of active interest have markers of that in their chart. All right. Yeah. I have a question in terms of like mundane transits with yeah. Vedic because, you know, there's the natal chart mm -hmm. and like marriage charts, career charts in terms of like daily Vedic mm -hmm. astrology. What, how does that operate? There's still transits like, um, like you still can read the transits of like where are the, and it's so funny because like the really, really old school Vedic astrologers, while you're having a conversation with them, they will look at the, they won't even look at your chart. They look at specifically the transits of what's happening right now as we're having a conversation and to just like read you just Whoa. not, not even your chart. They're just reading. That's like, I like mean, the moment they are reading. Mm -hmm. like, and they'll, they'll literally, they'll literally see exactly what's going on. And so like, that's crazy. And to me, I'm like, whoa, like mm -hmm. I aspire to be that, like do that. But like, that takes like years of just conditioning and practice. And, you know, like also 
I mean, like I have a good friend who's a Western astrologer that will to some degree do that. But like, so do you still see the transits and like, this I would be like on like a natal chart. Like it doesn't have, I, I guess I keep th- seeing these things on different in my mind, seeing them on mm-hmm. different maps, right? Like the marriage yeah. map, the yeah, career they, maps. There are different maps. So it would technically be like, uh, and then the maps look the same. Like, and mm. the, they look exactly the same. It's just the planets are in different signs in different houses. So that it looks exactly the same. It's just the placement's all different. So they would literally just pull up like, I'm having this conversation with you right now, November 8th, 2022 at it's 918 for me in New York. So I would literally pull that up right now, create a chart and just read that. And like, what's going on? Like, what's your situation? What's the, like, what are you going to ask me? What's the outcome? Is it positive? Is it negative? Like that's how they read. And that's technically like, you could call that a transit, right? So they'll they'll read it like that. Some, I mean, a lot of people will actually also read the aspects of like, right, put your natal chart with the actual transit. I personally really love the Dasha timing, which is what I did for you guys. I think it's pretty spot on in terms of like, at least hallmarking, like what's happening, like mm-hmm. major events, they just always line up and correlate. Um, and, you know, like if I did like all of the tr- the transits and all this stuff and your needle like my my reading would be like four hours long it's like we don't have time for that so <laughs> i try to like kind of cut to like what the like what's... we'll have you we'll have you back uh <laughs> wait and also how long are karmic windows open again yeah yeah i know that's a good question and so like i said they're they're very different they differ because yeah. different different nodes different planets have different windows so for you, Stevie, your mm-hmm. karmic window, your K through period ends in 2025. And between okay. that, you have what I would call like sub periods. So it's like K through Rahu, K through Jupiter, K through Saturn, K through Mercury. And like that can go on like many layers, mm-hmm. many layers, right? But like the major period ends for you in 2025. So that, and, you know, and then after that, you start your Venus period and that's until 2045. So oh, it's like, shit. Okay. Really, yeah, it's like a high, it's like, and Venus is like really positive. Obviously it's not like that entire time is only going to be like sunshines, butterflies. And like, you know, I mean, it's a long, that's a long time starting mm-hmm. at 2025 to 2020, 2045. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But like I said, you'll have other phases of when right. you could be in like, Venus, Venus, but then it's like you're going through like a little Rahu period or a little Saturn period or a little like so it's not all like oh my god I can't believe I'm like whoa it's gonna be like like that entire time it's only right it's like well that's just like not life unfortunately um so that's (laughs) I didn't know these periods could be so long I'm just uh, that's interesting to hear about yeah because it's like I said like you have like major periods and then you have sub periods under that and then sub periods under that. And so it's, you know, it's like it, it, but they do last like that long. Um, and then for Lisa, you're, like I said, you're in your Saturn period and Saturn for you ends 2034. So Saturn tends to be very long. It's like one of the, because it's one of the slowest moving planets and um, the next period you'll enter after that is Mercury. 
And so your Saturn actually started in 2015. So from 20, so, and like, that's, it just happens to be a really long period, but like, it's not like, it's all people associate Saturn with like hardship. And it's like, kind of like the mean daddy of like the planets. But if anything, like what's really great about Saturn is like it's longevity. So whatever positive things really get earned and happen, like stay with you forever. Like they are yours and nothing's going away, you know? So actually lots of positive things that happen in Saturn are like, really good um but in general the period i feel like people kind of associate with like oh saturn it's our challenges and it's like well that's like one aspect of thinking about it um and then like i said you enter into mercury so usually what happens with vedic astrology is like the periods these periods tend to be long but then there are all these sub periods that break up that period so it's kind of like imagine if you're life were a series of books like your whole entire life it's like well what book are you well in the book you also have you know chapter, chapter page chapter, word yeah. exactly um and then that's like know. the cards too kind of yeah. it does yeah. yeah it reminds me of it yeah and then last but not least julia your period that you because you just entered rahu um which is north node and that started in like I said, August 9th of 2020, and that ends August 8th, so 8-8, Lionsgate, on 2038. Mm-hmm. So Rahu tends to be pretty long, um, and it tends to be, like I said, it's like, it's interesting because, you know, Lisa was born into her Rahu, but like in and, and, and any phase, like people experience these timings, like different phases, different times, but after that, you'll go through Jupiter. So usually what happens is like, you kind of have like, what I don't want to say challenging, but more like um, intense. Let's, let's call it intense, intense periods followed by like, maybe you like ease up a little bit on some of the intensity because things are a little bit more settled. Like, so that's kind of how the energy is stacked of what we experience. But then within this period, we also have a lot of coloring in that. So that is, in a nutshell, the periods that you guys have to look forward to. And Stevie and Lisa, you guys are in the same numerology cycle. So you're both literally like 2022 is a year four for you both. 2023 will be year five. 2024 will be a year six. And Julia, you are one ahead. So 2022 is a year five. 2023 is a year. So you're one year cycle ahead of CV and Lisa, but you guys are kind of around the same, like that timing is pretty close, which is really interesting. And obviously very nice when, you know, you have like people that are going through very similar flavorings and themes of what you're supposed to be learning for the year. Whoa. Am I right in saying the eclipse today in Vedic happens in Aries? Yes. So it's in Vedic Aries and specifically in the lunar mansion of Barani. And like what was really crazy and interesting, I mean, not that crazy, but, you know, I looked up April 30th and I kind of forgot what was going on. But Barani is the lunar mansion that represents death and rebirth. It's literally the female sex organ. It's kind of a intense, dark and stormy type of lunar mansion. Um, and that constellation 
was relevant for April 30th when Roe v. Wade was, you know, like the political news was leaked with Roe v. Wade. And so I find that to be like so fascinating, that correlation of that news with the election stuff going on. Um, and it's all in Barani, which is like female sex organ, but specifically, mm-hmm. yeah, specifically death, too. Yeah. death. Yeah, it's Yama, which is the god of death. Like, so it's death, rebirth, and like that's the big takeaway and picture. And um, yeah, so it's like interesting to see like Vedic versus the Western and like the transits too, because you know, there are people that talk about like, oh, like that Scorpio energy, this Taurus Scorpio access energy, but in Vedic, it's Aries Libra which you know there's a lot of synergy but at the same time very different so it's like always interesting to see the different perspectives and I won't say like oh one is wrong one is right it's just like I said like and I always tell people Vedic astrology and Western astrology is like asking two different people what is the temperature outside if you ask a German person they're going to tell you in Celsius if you ask an American they're going to tell you in Fahrenheit neither answer or incorrect so that's my thoughts on on kind of that the last wrap-up of vedic versus western well do you outside of your app are there any resources that you absolutely recommend people check out so for vedic astrology because i've actually had a lot of questions about like where can i learn about vedic astrology and like i've done so many different i've like signed up for like I mean, especially when I was like, oh man, I really want to get in this. Like I definitely signed up for like different courses and stuff. But in my opinion, I think that like you watching YouTube videos is, I mean, this is personally how I learn. You could definitely download books and like order a lot of different books. Like um, one of the most well-known Vedic astrologers, B.B. Rama, but like that, that book just to me, like I didn't. I personally just didn't learn as much. Like I had better luck first learning the basics and then reading up on it so that I could actually understand and follow like what the hell was he saying? So I always recommend starting off with like an introductory book if that's how you learn best. Personally for me, I learn best audiovisually like with video content. Um, I also used to attend like random workshops because I was living in New York City. There's always like a bunch of fun, cool little like workshops that was going on that were going on and then on top of that like mainly like practicing like that's how I got really good at what I was doing is like practice 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 I like read for friends I'd like guesstimate oh that didn't jive okay cool I'm going to scrap that from like oh that's not really a relevant pattern I actually see exists um so things like that so there's that's kind of like in a nutshell but there are so many great Vedic astrologers on YouTube, like Joni Patry is really well known. There's Asheville astrologers of great Vedic astrologers. Videos are really great. So like, these are some kind of like basic like videos that you can learn. And then just taking initiative and like practicing and like reading, obviously reading your own chart and seeing like, oh, does this make sense? This does not make sense. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Shall we? Yeah. Uh, if you're, we'll wrap out with a game we like to play. <laughs> Sophie, have you ever played Mary fuck kill? Yes. Okay. All right. Perfect. Well, we have two rounds to play. 
Hmm. These are going to be with celebrities who share from a Western point of view, your sun, moon, and rising, um, and different combinations of that. Um, also as a reminder, we're having fun here. We don't actually want to kill these people. Like someone's got to go, someone's got to get married. Someone's got to have sex. So take with that what you will. Um, let's start first. We don't always find big three twins and mm -hmm. cause you know, sometimes celebrities, we don't have the rising, but, oh, we got a great one for you here with the oh. cancer sun, Sagittarius moon, Leo rising, uh, Mike Tyson. So we'll start off with Mike Tyson. And then this round, we're going to play with Mike Tyson. And then these two are also Cancer Suns and Sagittarius Moons. So Vin Diesel and oh. Kevin Hart. So we got wow. Mike Tyson, Vin Diesel, Kevin Hart, all Cancer Suns, Sagittarius Moons, Mike Tyson up in the ante with matching your Leo rising. Okay. Wow. Oh my gosh. This is a toughie. Also, um, I will say too, you had a really curve. good, you had a really good celebrities for both rounds. Like, stars we have stars amongst us i that is a really great goop okay so who are we starting are we starting you with? can you can kick it off do you do you do if you feel ready. ready to answer if you're ready, if ready you're mentally, to physically right, emotionally go. ready let's see so who would i fuck um probably vin diesel who would i marry kevin hart's so funny i want to laugh for the rest of my life um and who would I kill is Mike Tyson. Cause didn't he like beat his wife? <laughs> can mm. I say it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can say it. You can say anything on this podcast. I don't want to. I was like, wasn't there like domestic charges? Alleged, sorry, alleged violence charges. Sometimes there will be. Well documented violence charges. I'm pretty sure. Both by himself and uh uh, law enforcement i believe yeah so maybe i don't that's fair yeah there's some sometimes a canceled king will sneak its way into the into yeah. the game so i definitely knew i wanted to marry kevin hart so then been doing wow. one of well i mean he's so funny i mean at least i think i, <laughs> okay. I want yeah, to yeah, funny. I'm laugh for the yeah. rest of laughter is he's joy. he's charismatic he's charismatic <laughs> as all hell yeah so i definitely knew i wanted to marry him so obviously then like Vin Diesel, you you have to fuck. So mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. See, I yeah. have to marry Vin Diesel. I feel yeah. like yeah. that I instantly that was like, wow. I just I just want to be part of the Fast and the Furious franchise family. <laughs> Desperately. I also like I love Universal Studios. And so and there's a lot of like fun Vin Vin Diesel stuff there. So definitely yeah. him. Um and um between the other two guys, tough. I mean, I guess I'm going to fuck Kevin Hart. Maybe he can help me with my comedy career. I do feel like he has a family and really, like, goes to a lot of school board meetings and stuff. So I do feel bad, like, you know, making him step out on his wife. But Ooh, that actually... You actually just uh, added a level where I'm like, no, that is, I do think that that's the answer. Wait, do you want to say why you'd kill Mike Tyson? I'm sorry. Well, I mean, <laughs> besides his, his performance in the Hangover films, for one. <laughs> I I think I'm doing the same. Obviously, I'm marrying Ben Diesel. I'm not even thinking about it. I mean, I knew it, I knew it the second you said it. Um, and I knew I was. I knew what I was doing when I included Vin in this crew. Yeah, we're 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 a little biased towards Vin. We're we're big fans over here. I mean, I'm telling you that that to me is like, man, that's like in the family. 
okay anyways yeah i'm marrying vin diesel naturally um i'm also gonna fuck kevin hart i kind of like this now that you're saying this the like pta thing where i'm like oh i kind of now i'm seeing like a clandestine meeting you know uh (laughs) like oh yeah i'm going to a pta meeting but really it's me um (laughs) i don't necessarily want to fuck him but i will i am he would be a good yeah like partner too so you know he's ripped i'm now oh yeah he's he's ripped also we're gonna laugh like i do i would rather like spend the night with kevin hart than mike tyson uh yeah mike Tyson. you might not come back yeah (laughs) even though i do i I would like to go a few rounds with one of the greatest uh you know that is intriguing to me scorpio mars um but i ultimately do have to kill him yeah yeah i think i'm gonna agree with my girlies definitely I'm ready to be Mrs. Diesel. (laughs) (laughs) When's the karmic window for our quadruple marriage? (laughs) Can you imagine? And when he sings that Rihanna stay, come on. It's like, that's what I think of when I think of Vin. I guess I'm fucking Kevin Hart because I'm sold now. And it's it's hard to hear like someone's horrible alleged crimes and go like, actually, I'll still fuck him. You know, I know. Like, I know. Like, no, but there's an argument. It's hard to, to come back for like, I fuck I mean, Mike Tyson. I would you know? love sure. to watch a day of his life like a fly on the wall, but not with no sex involved. So I don't think that's we'll just we'll just off him. Bye, Mike. You had a good run. So yeah, Marion Vin. I'll fuck up. I Kevin's hotter than I thought, actually. Uh, now that I'm looking at this men's journal exercise pictures. He's a ripped little I love guy. Short King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah. Hey, Short Kings work hard and yeah, so I'm like in it's the bedroom be a, too. It's gonna be a fun time. I mm-hmm. think I disagree. I actually feel like Ooh. he probably has more of a chance of working harder for you. And like I need to laugh and be loved. Like I, I need a bod work, so I'm, I'm going with. I'm still sticking to my decision. Yeah. All right, no, fair, sick. fair yes. enough. Yes, yeah. got one more round. Yes, and then some other cancer sun Sag moons: Chris Cornell, Michael Phelps, Hunter S. Thompson, Shelley Duvall, Jason Schwartzman, and Edie Falco. Wow. All right, great group. Now, cancer sun Leo risings. We're gonna play this round with Selena Gomez, Meryl Streep, mm. and Anthony Bourdain. Oh my gosh, it's so hard. Tough, tough one. Mm-hmm. Now your your astro, what it's sometimes it's duds, and this is yeah, this yeah. is truly yeah. been a star studded huh. couple rounds. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Oh, wow. Like sometimes I... we're playing with composers we've never heard of. Before. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I think so, and I think this. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, see. I, I'm gonna fuck Meryl. Mm. Um, mm. because I, I think that she, I don't want to marry her. I mean, I do, I do, but I feel like I can't, I can't take care of Meryl the way that she needs a partner to take care of her, but I do want to like have an encounter and I, and we'll have like, a you know, wistful glances across the red carpet or whatever too i'm imagining us like you know co-stars or whatever like that i want like a whirlwind with meryl but then i let her go and be free um i'm gonna marry selena Mm -hmm. because while i don't think uh, i think that we would like just like have fun and she seems very 
grounded and like she would be just good to share a home with you know again she has the stuff the cookware i want want to share a home with her would cook for you Yeah. yeah yeah and unfortunately that means i have to kill anthony bourdain uh and only because you know a cancer man is still a cancer man and <laughs> you know I mean, i'm listening to a book about him right now and i mean not real not like you know again tra- yeah yeah of course you know we, we don't want we to get it. We get yeah it. we don't want to yeah but we don't want to i'm i'm gonna marry anthony bourdain i i feel like my years in the restaurant industry there's just really no way around it like you know I just wouldn't feel right otherwise. Um, I am going to kill Selena Gomez. Again, not that I want to. I just can't be the woman who kills Meryl Streep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to fuck Meryl. Okay. All right. Um, Sophie, are you ready? Because I might, ready. I might need right. a minute. Okay, I'm ready. I am going to... I'm going to fuck Anthony because he yeah. seems like there's something about his energy that kind of seems like dark and stormy, which I personally think is good in bed. Maybe, maybe that's my red flag. I'm like attracted to like that kind of sexual tortured, like tension kind of situation. So I'm like, okay, you be a good person to have like a little razzle dazzle time with. <laughs> well, you like, can tell he fucks he fucked right he definitely like, fucked. yeah we i want to well i have to marry meryl because i was actually named after the movie that she won a big award for sophie's so, choice sophie's choice wow <laughs> okay so i'm like i feel wild. dedicated like i truly feel like the dedication so i can't kill her and like I, I want a long-term situation. So I got to marry her. And then unfortunately, Selena gets the boot and we have to kill you. But also I'm thinking like, I'm, I don't know if I want to like, would you take care of me or would I have to take care of you? Mm-hmm. Like with Meryl, you're a little bit older. You're more mature mm. with each other. But like, I don't know. So that is my, my preference. I can't believe your parents watched Sophie's Choice and went, beautiful. There's our baby name. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that my mom. The choice is clear. <laughs> Sophie's the name. <laughs> it's it's like kind of it's like slightly embarrassing, but like you know what? I'm gonna own it. I think maybe she's I going love to our time. Sure, well, it's like, beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. She was very moved by great move, great story. movie. And yeah. Meryl, it's not like you know, it's it's Meryl. Meryl, look, was I was stunning. in for Lisa Simpson, so. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's true. I just get teased. Uh, that's just, that's, I just, I love that. Prop, props to your parents because I just think that's very charming. This is really hard because I'm obsessed with all three of these people in very different ways. I got to fuck Tony, almost edging marriage, but mm-hmm. I think I would need a, a pre Aja or Gento, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. if we could pick eras, like mm-hmm. I'd go, go, we go that. Um, oof. I do think Selena Gomez is very hot. Marriage, wait, okay, hang on. I'm getting my wires crossed because I got to think this is marriage here and this is just sex here. (laughs) I 
I think I gotta, I'm gonna go backwards. I'm gonna marry Tony. I'm gonna fuck Selena. And unfortunately, I'm gonna be the woman that murders Meryl. And I don't want to, and I don't even know how I got here. I'm just saying these words. You're in a Rahu period. You gotta step into your... (laughs) (laughs) I just like don't... Uh, and she's done i mean meryl's done the lord's work and god bless her hey i yeah i think i i think it's really like i can't say like what you said i don't think i'll be able to satisfy her so we'll just let her this round was a real sophie's choice (laughs) (laughs) i mean there's not hey you you gotta make one but they're all you know some other cancer suddenly arisings whereas George W. Bush, Frida Kahlo, Toby Maguire, O.J. Simpson, Brigitte Nielsen, Selma Blair, Corey Feldman, Busy Phillips, Jane Lynch, and David Hasselhoff. Wow. Yeah. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame combo. These have been like the best celebs far and away. Wow. So And you share the right. I mean, wow. Yeah. That's that feels very uh, appropriate of your parents to name you after Meryl Streep having the same I mean not knowing but being like oh I get like they they knew deep down in there they were in that karmic Meryl window and there's like this is it I love it because I do feel like as a as a like end cap because I feel like learning about some of this Vedic stuff and hearing the overlap but also the kind of expansion and possibility of looking at yourself through this new frame I do feel like uh kind of what you've been saying where it's like whether you're aware of it or not we're we are tapped in we're using these things and so i know that sometimes the language or the idea of learning a new system can be um daunting but it's like you don't have to know an eclipse is happening to have your life be altered or whatever so i think that the willingness to step into these new systems and open your heart and mind is is exciting for everyone involved and thank you, mm-hmm. Sophie, for coming on and being our our guide today. Yes, thank you. So thank, much. You. thank you for having me, guys. It was so fun, and definitely feel free to reach out if you have any questions about your Vedic stuff. Because I feel like, I mean, this is just like my soul's work, and like I love it. So I, it's been an honor being here, and I've had so much fun. Like the time flew by so fast. Your above, people above and beyond. Yes. Yeah, tell people where to download your app, where to find you, how to plug, get, plug, plug, a plug, plug it away. Yes. Yeah. So you can. Um, the app is both on iOS and Android. It's Rayha app. Um, available in pretty much almost every allowable country, I think. Um, and then you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow my personal Instagram, which I also. We'll spew out Vedic astrology at Sophie S. Juan. I do do readings, but not a lot of them. But I have a website, sophieswan.com. So yeah, that's kind of and then obviously Rayha app has its own website, rayhaapp.com. But you can find me in all forms of those mediums. And the app is really cool. It's really like user-friendly. I love the emojis and stuff. I don't know. It's just it's very cool. I you should definitely get it. Yeah. Oh, and all the links will be in our show notes yeah. too for those who want to just click. There'll be clickable links in the podcast show notes. Yes. Thank you so much, Sophie. Thank and thank you, you to all of you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to What's Your Sign. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love this podcast, please support us. Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash what's your sign podcast. The link to support us is in the show notes. 
follow us on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast, on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod, and TikTok at What's Your Sign Podcast. For business opportunities, advertising, or commission readings, email us what's your sign podcast at gmail.com WIS is produced by Julia Logan, Stevie Anderson and Lisa Chenu artwork by Alexa Vicious and theme song by Honor Nezzo say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill